May these words of my mouth and this meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning. Happy New Year. That didn't get quite the same response. You're not quite as willing to just blindly follow me on that one, are you? I'm not confused about my holidays. I'm not in a turkey stupor. All is well, I promise. Today is many things. It is Christ the King Sunday, why we have incense, and I'm wearing one of these for the first time. What do you think? (laughs) This is also the last Sunday of ordinary time, that wonderful name for the long stretch of Sundays from Pentecost. This is the last Sunday of our liturgical year. Today is the New Year's Eve of the church calendar. We encounter Matthew for the last time and usher in Mark and Advent next Sunday. We close out one year of telling of the life of Jesus and his followers and our life with both and prepare to enter into the narrative all over again not because we are particularly slow on the uptake, but because it is in the repetition that we are grounded in our community and we are grounded in God. So let's try it again. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Nice. We may not have shown up in sequins and tuxes this morning or with champagne flowing to herald the coming of a new year, But we are, nonetheless, on the cusp of a new beginning. The gospel reading takes us on that same reflective journey that we often embark on at the new year. How did we do over the past year? Our culture loves top ten lists. The top ten grossing movies, the biggest news stories, the top trends of the past year. And all of these get reviewed and replayed over the course of preparing for the new year and all that is to come. Matthew takes this same route, though with a slightly more sobering evaluation. How did you follow Jesus? How did you serve Jesus? How did you serve Jesus in others? Were you a sheep or a goat? This parable or vision of sheep and goats is the capstone to the parables we've been hearing for weeks now about who is prepared and who is not, about dualism in the form of bridesmaids who are wise and foolish, slaves who are good and faithful or lazy and wicked, wedding guests who are properly dressed, servants who can be trusted, and those who cannot. It seems so clear who is good and who is bad in Matthew, but it isn't really that simple, is it? This parable of final judgment can seem terrifying if we boil our life of faith down to a simple checklist where we have to tick every box 
every day. And we are completely misdirected, my friends, if we are doing it only to preserve our proverbial backsides. Are we sheep or are we goats? Our family lived in Lancaster, Pennsylvania for 11 years, and we were surrounded by Amish farms that were lovely to see, if not to smell. I learned about the changing of the seasons in ways I never had before, the changing of the crops, the plowing of fields, the birth of new farm animals every spring. There were many sheep and goats to be seen. And if you were to ask me my favorite, I'm always going to pick the goats. They're just cute, right? They're sassy and they're full of personality. I mean, who hasn't seen all the YouTube videos about goats? They outnumber sheep, hands down. They're mischievous and brazen and curious and agile, where sheep seem a little more skittish, more prone to stick together, more plodding, more shy. If I were playing that childhood game of would you rather, I'd choose a goat every day. But that is not my choice when reading this morning's lesson, of course. Clearly, according to Matthew, goats are not to be admired or imitated. But sometimes in our humanity, in our complexity, in our messiness, in all of our flawed splendor, we have goat days, don't we? Or at the very least, goat moments in our day. Moments where we, too, are mischievous and self-absorbed. A fun fact I learned this week is that while shepherds protect their sheep from the environment, goat herders actually spend a lot of time protecting the environment from their goats. Because goats will indeed eat anything, even the tails of other animals with whom they're penned. They're indiscriminate browsers who can be aggressive and bullying. Yes, my friends, we all have goat tendencies. It's fascinating to me that in this parable, both the sheep and the goats are surprised that Jesus has been among them. And he went unrecognized by them. It is not as if the sheep are doing everything right because they feel like they're being watched and they're trying to win favor. The sheep did right by the lowly in their midst because they were following their shepherd. They'd seen how Jesus treated others and they emulated his actions. They internalized the example set by Jesus and took care of his family his community. The goats failed to follow Jesus' example. They were not caring members of their community, not serving others, not building up a sense of family. And the goats suffer for their callous disregard. And it might surprise you, but rather than being frightened by this implied judgment, this tale actually fills me with hope. Hope that we can do the right things to build community. That we do not have to figure out for ourselves all the best ways. Our shepherd, Jesus, has modeled for us how to live well together. Taking care of each other 
and creating a family, a community where all have the opportunity to thrive. Instead of being afraid that Jesus is everywhere, keeping score like the now ubiquitous elf on the shelf that will be coming out in some households soon, we can take delight in the fact that yes, Jesus is everywhere, guiding and modeling community for us. Jesus is present with us. The very message we are about to hear again and again in this coming Advent season, this message of Emmanuel, God with us. As we enter into this new year, into the season of Advent, and as we struggle to do Advent justice in a culture bent on zooming straight to Christmas, I'd like to invite you to join me in what I'm going to do to try to stay grounded and present during Advent, an Ignatian spiritual practice called the Daily Examine. And as I look out at you and see my spiritual director in the crowd, I'm sure she finds this very amusing that I'm going to do a discipline. I need it. I think it could be a wonderful bridge between the old and the new year, reviewing what has been done, our behavior as sheep and goats, and what we can do differently. Loyola Press describes the daily examine as a process at the end of the day where we review our day in a five-step process. And I'm really going to do this, and I want you all to hold me accountable, and if you try it, check in with me. The first is stillness, relaxing in God's presence in a favorite prayer place or posture. The second is gratitude, reviewing our day and giving thanks to God for the simple gifts, the smell of coffee, the smile of a friend, the incredible beauty of the mountains as we turn west on a street. The third is reflection, This time, reviewing the day and the events of the day and noticing how we participated in those events, how we acted in situations, and where we were conscious of God's presence. Think about opportunities we had to grow in faith, hope, and love. What were our sheep moments? The fourth is sorrow. After we've thought about all the things we did well, it's time to be honest and ask the Spirit to show us where we might have been able to do better. What were our goat moments? And repent of that selfishness. And the final step in the daily examine is hopefulness. To give thanks to God for the grace that allows us to get up tomorrow and do it all over again. Have another chance to hopefully have more sheep moments than goat moments. To give us another chance to see and serve Jesus in every person and build community by caring for all and by seeing others in their complexity, their messiness, their humanity, and their divinity. When we reflect on the day's activities, 
Hopefully we will see God's invitation to us and our response as sheep or a lack of response as goats. On this Christ the King Sunday, this New Year's Eve of the church, this time for reflection and preparation, the king we receive in Jesus is not the earthly king of jeweled crowns, distance, aloofness, riches, and an ornate throne. As we know from having just finished a journey through the liturgical year and having done it many times and getting ready to do it again, we know that we have in Jesus a king who rides on the back of a donkey, walks among his people, touches the sick with love and healing hands, eats with the lowliest of society, and is, in fact, enthroned on a cross. Our king can be found in the faces of the least of these. And as we follow our shepherd in our good sheep moments, we see him and serve him in each other, in family, in community. Amen.